Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use mump fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, mump fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Oh, anytime I get to talk NFL combined with LaChina James, what is going on here? This is awesome. And I'm talking about a player that, frankly, I really don't like all that much. OBJ, overrated. It, it, it seems it seems uh, like poetic justice that LaChina James would love this player. By the way, LaChina James is supposed to be a Cleveland Browns fan, but he also, of course, moonlights as a Dallas Cowboy fan. I would actually hammer his ass over that, except, look, I'm a Niners fan, and I won't lie to you, I root for the Patriots every week. 
So um, I get it. I get it. Sometimes you got a, sort of a second adopted kind of team as long as they're not in the division or in the same conference. So I'll, I'll let LaChina James slide on that. But today was the trade trade deadline, and LaChina James was trying to get his buddy traded off of his hometown team? What? Okay, this doesn't make any sense, but frankly, uh, the Cleveland Browns are better when, when Odell Beckham Jr. is not playing. That's just a fact. LeBron James tweeted favorably about Odell Beckham Jr., but it didn't come without pushback. This is from OutKick. Let's start at the beginning. That starts with the Cleveland Browns. Beckham has proven to be little more than a lousy fit. He's a terrible fit. Baker tries to force the ball into him. Jarvis Landry's a better wide receiver. The, a better LSU wide receiver. Yeah, I said that. He is rarely open, rarely targeted by Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield and does not always catch the thing when it's thrown his way anyway. Facts. Basically, Beckham and the Browns so far have been a lousy match. In fact, the Browns seem to play better without him. That is absolutely a fact. The offense just clicks better. Fact again. Anyway, Tuesday is the NFL trade deadline. It is coming gone. OBJ is still in Cleveland. Much to Baker Mayfield's chagrin, I added all that. So, for whatever reason, James felt compelled to weigh in. James, remember, is a basketball player. But LaChina thinks he knows everything about everything. We know that. That's been chronicled on this channel. But he is also an NFL fan. In fact... He reportedly switched his allegiance from the Dallas Cowboys as a kid to no less than the Browns. Wasn't he at a Dallas game not too long ago wearing a cap? I don't know. And here we go. So it's hard to tell whether James is rooting for the Browns here or Beckham. It sounds like Beckham. And this is what LaChina tweeted out. OBJ will show again why he's special. Wide receiver one, hashtag free OBJ. He hasn't been a wide receiver one in three years, LaChina. But as often the case, the replies under James OBJ tweet came with some humor and criticism, and this is by far my favorite one. Defend your boy Kyrie as well. That is beautiful because we know LaChina runs his mouth about everything except China and except things involving the jab like having his boy Kyrie's back. He hadn't said shit. Here's another one. LeBron just trying to instigate. Bro is trying to trade NFL players now. I mean, look, he tries to play NBA general manager. Might as well butt his nose into the NFL as well. Uh, Cleve West says, while we wait for OBJ to be free, here's a turtle with pants on. Meaning, this turtle is more interesting than you, LaChina. For the record, the Browns intend to hang on to Beckham. At least that's what the reports say. But you have to wonder why, given the clear lack of chemistry with the QB and the fact that the Browns have only been so-so with him on the field. This guy nails LaChina. Aren't you a Browns fan? Question mark. If anybody knows how to get out of Cleveland, it's LeBron. That is beautiful. That was a great one. 
Quote, last year, a torn ACL shut him down after week seven. Wrote Zachary links of pro football rumors. This year, he's been dealing with the shoulder issue. OBJ has been active since week three, but he's not quite 100% healed. His best games to date came against the Bears, five for 77 and five for 79 against the Cards. Outside of that, we haven't seen vintage OBJ in 2021. And frankly, does vintage OBJ exist? Did Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he just have two damn seasons? And then one spectacular catch on uh, Sunday Night Football, I believe, in front of the world, and that exploded him into something that... Are we sure OBJ's a a WR1 LeBron? LaChina, are you there? Are we sure about that? I don't think OBJ's been a wide receiver one for three years. I'm just being honest. I don't. But like with everything else, LaChina has to put his two cents in. Tell us about the Uyghurs in China there, uh, LeBron. I'm anxiously waiting. Can we get your opinion on Enos Cantor? LeBron, LaChina, I'm, I'm waiting. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with LeBron, but he's going to run his mouth about everything. He's going to give you his opinion about everything. And when he says something stupid, we're going to nail his ass for it. Wide receiver one, please, man. Shut up and dribble. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for Black and White Sports. Well, we've got more and more people coming out about Colin Kaepernick. This time, it's actor, comedian, and podcaster Adam Carolla. You remember him? He used to host The Man Show with Jimmy Kimmel. Now he's got one of the largest podcasts in the world. And, of course, the other day, Colin Kaepernick released that ridiculous clip from Netflix where he talked about the NFL, the NFL draft process, and the combine as being a form of slavery. As we know, if you go to the combine, yeah, they take your measurables, and then they judge your performance because it is a performance-based business. By the way, not only do blacks go to the combine, but so do whites, so do Hispanics, so do Asians. Yeah, people of all kinds of ilk go to the combine to get ready and try to make it into a league where they can make millions of dollars. By the way, all this is voluntary. Well, Adam Carolla has come out, and he has slammed Colin Kaepernick for his BS. Yesterday, I did a video where former NFL player Jack Brewer just absolutely hammered Kaepernick as as being evil and un-American. Colin Kaepernick's Netflix series, Colin and Black and White, debuted over the weekend. The former quarterback compared the NFL draft process to a slave auction. An idiot is what he is. Quote, what they don't want you to understand is what's being established is a power dynamic, Kaepernick says in the clip. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance 
no boundary respected, no dignity left intact. The reacted uh, scene intertwines black football players trying out for a team with men in shackles being sold as slaves. The clip went viral over the weekend with many critics, such as podcast host and comedian Adam Carolla blasting Kaepernick for the extreme analogy. Quote, and I've said this in the last couple of days, Kaepernick has really grabbed on to the sort of race hustling. He's deep in it. If you look at pictures of him from in high school and college, you looked at him and you go, what is that guy? Well, he looks half black and half white, but he really looks Syrian. He kind of has a pronounced nose. All right. Colin is wearing black leather and he's got a black turtleneck. If any late night talk show host went as Colin Kaepernick for Halloween, they would never work again. Corolla continued on his podcast. I labeled him Malcolm XXL. He's a super large version of Malcolm X. Kaepernick made the slavery analogy and damning accusations of the NFL. Get this, folks. Just two weeks after the former quarterback did an interview reiterating his desire to return to the league, the NFL. So, uh, very quickly on that, let us recognize very most likely he had long since shot that clip in his documentary. So that was, that was shot somewhere. It was done. It hadn't been released yet, but it was shot and it was done prior to him coming out just two weeks ago and saying, I really want to go back into the NFL. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was, I thought it was tied to slavery. That's what I mean. This guy is grifting. Okay. He's out there hustling for money. So it's, it's ridiculous. This guy doesn't give a shit about social justice. Uh, he's, he's looking for a paycheck is what he's looking for. He doesn't want to throw a football for paycheck for a paycheck. He would rather talk it up on the social justice level and cash those corporate interest checks. That's all there is to it. The 33 year old has not played in the NFL since 2016 when he became the first high profile athlete to kneel during the national anthem. Kaepernick never received a serious contract offer from an NFL team after he knelt to protest against police brutality. There's plenty of white guys at the combine. Corolla added claiming the mixed race NFL draft process pokes fundamental holes in Kaepernick's analogy. They're not looking for defects like they're checking a horse's gums or something. They want to know what your vertical is. Corolla noted that there might be parallels to slavery for some workers and industries within the United States, but quote guys waiting in line to become multimillionaires isn't it. And again, every human being who shows up at the combine would give their pinky finger to make a roster of an NFL team. It's hard to draw that straight line to slavery. Yeah, I mean, Kaepernick's just making shit up as he goes at this point. And I've said, if if you've got even a, a quarter of a brain cell out there and you see this, and you think about what happened in slavery, the heinous acts that happened in slavery, and then thinking about guys voluntarily, by their own accord, trying out to make it in the NFL, get drafted, and go make millions of dollars 
for him, I, I got to be honest with you. It's my feeling black people should be highly, highly offended by what Colin Kaepernick had to say the other day. Okay? I mean, if you watch that, you're black, and you really know what the heinous acts that happened during slavery, and then you think about, I'm just going to keep it real, the powder puff road to being a millionaire, and I know you work hard to get in the NFL, but you're talking about guys driving around Ferraris right now. And this asshole, this clown, this this race-hustling grifter has made that distinction. If you are black, you should be mad as hell at Colin Kaepernick for that offensive clip that he released the other day. Absolutely offended by it. And if you're not, you need to really look into what slavery was about and the bad things that truly did happen and then check out the draft process where guys are standing in an air-conditioned arena running 40s. I mean, come on. Come on. You could not get more offensive. I, I saw, when I saw the clip, I was like, God dang, this is offensive to black people everywhere. That shows you the lack of self-awareness by Colin Kaepernick. And Adam Kroll is right. I mean, it, every, every guy there would give their right testicle to try to make an NFL team, that is hardly a leap that you can make over to anything akin to slavery. Wow. Kaepernick is an idiot. And a money-hungry grifter. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, let's talk about Hall of Fame NBA player Scottie Pippen of the Chicago Bulls. We know that the six-time NBA champion has a book coming out. Many months ago, we covered what he was actually saying about the book. He is taking shots at everybody, everybody. He is trashing so many people. And Scottie Pippen to me is making himself look very, very bad. He has essentially called Phil Jackson a racist because Tony Kukoc got the last shot and Scottie Pippen refused to go into the game. That is a black eye on Scottie Pippen's resume. Scottie Pippen is a Hall of Famer. He was a very, very good player, but he was never, ever even close to being on the Michael Jordan level. And to be honest, to tell you the truth, in the last dance, when they were actually, you know, talking about Scotty a little bit, they were trying to make it seem like he was the second best player in the league. No, he wasn't. He was not better than Akeem. He wasn't better than Barkley. He wasn't better than Carl Malone. Nobody's ever thought that. So I, I believe, you know, they, they kind of over exaggerated how great of a player Scotty was. He was a great player, but he wasn't the second best player. The best player was actually Michael Jordan. And now Scottie Pippen is taking shots at the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Check this out. Over here on the New York Post, Scottie Pippen will never get over being in Michael Jordan's shadow.
Six foot eight, six time NBA champ Scottie Pippen is undoubtedly a winner. He is. But in his new memoir, Unguarded, he is also more than a bit of a whiner. He's definitely whining. He whines that he was always in the shadow of teammate Michael Jordan. He gripes that Jordan, check this out, this is the most ridiculous thing here. He gripes that Jordan would, quote, never have become superstar, superstar Jordan without me. What is he smoking? What is he smoking? I know that Michael Jordan did not win a championship without Scottie Pippen. I understand that. But to say that he would never become superstar Jordan, that is completely insane. Ladies and gentlemen, that's completely insane. It goes on. It says, and in the memoir, which he co-wrote with uh, Michael Arkush, the 56-year-old Pippen boasts that doing an illustrious career with the 90 Chicago Bulls, he was always a better teammate than Jordan. Pippen says he hated the media portrayal in which he was a perpetual Robin to Jordan's Batman. And that is that his relationship with the immortal Jordan was mostly always distant. Now, check this out, guys. If you look at Michael Jordan, his level of play and Scottie Pippins, it was clearly a Batman and Robin. Michael Jordan, no doubt, was Batman. Scottie Pippen was clearly Robin. And that's okay. Now, I'll even say this, too. When it comes to the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, I believe that people have a bit of a revisionist history when it comes to Kobe on those first three championship teams. Shaq was clearly the best player on those teams. That was his team. It wasn't a 1A or 1B. It, it wasn't. Shaq was just that dominant. He was a better player than Kobe. Let's just be real. But let's move on here. Quote, Michael and I aren't close and never have been, he writes. When Jordan's father was found murdered in the summer of 1993, Pippen couldn't find it in his heart to offer his condolences. Wow. A decision he still regrets. James Jordan went missing for three weeks before his body was discovered in a South Carolina creek. So badly decomposed, he was tagged a John Doe, John Doe with his hands and jaw, save for future identification. He had been shot to death while he slept in the car on the side of a North Carolina highway. Investigation eventually led to two teenagers with long rap sheets. Man, he didn't even offer condolences to Michael Jordan. Wow. Still feeling the sting of Michael Jordan's popularity. Pippen believes that, quote, America is as much in love with Michael Jordan as in the 80s and 90s, pointing to the 10 part ESPN documentary, The Last Dance, about the Chicago Bulls final 1997-98 championship season. The documentary aired in 2020 and placed Jordan, who was given editorial control over the film, on a pedestal in every episode. Jordan was leading man director and earned $10 million while no one else on the team received any monies. Pippen, Pippen complains, quote, they glorified Michael Jordan while not giving nearly enough praise to me and my proud teammates. He writes. Now, the reason is, is when it comes to those dynasty Chicago Bulls, there is no dynasty without Michael Jordan. Clearly the best player. Nobody's going to watch a documentary and this is no disrespect to the players, 
Nobody's watching that documentary for uh, Craig Hodges. Nobody's watching that documentary for Bill Cartwright. There is no documentary um, for any of the other players, B.J. Armstrong, B.J. Armstrong, whoever it is. Nobody's tuning in for that. People are tuning in for Michael Jordan. If you guys remember 1999 ESPN had their sports century. This is when ESPN was actually more focused on sports. They listed the the top, I believe, yeah, top 50 athletes of the 20th century. Michael Jordan was number one and everybody knew who's going to be number one. Scottie Pippen didn't even sniff the top 50. Not even close. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that number 49 or 50 was Pete Sampras, the great tennis player. And there's no doubt about it that Pete Sampras was a much greater tennis player than Scottie Pippen as a basketball player. It says when Pippen joined the Bulls as a rookie in 1987, Jordan's first comment was, quote, oh, shit, we got ourselves another one of those Arkansas boys. Pippen signed on for five years over six, five million dollars over six years and always believe he was the sport's most underpaid star. It was still a far cry from his country upbringing in Hamburg, Arkansas, where he was the youngest of 12 brothers and sisters. The family was poor, but there was always food on the table and plenty of love and affection to go around. Pippen attributes his success to coaches who first told him to improve his grades and get a tutor. He finally focused on studying and a coach got him a basketball scholarship and a Pell Grant to the University of Central Central Arkansas. Jordan had turned around those losing bulls after he was first drafted in 1984. Pippen didn't come in until 87. He had a style of play and fierce competitive spirit that electrified fans and sports writers. And with the exception of Will Chamberlain, he was basketball's most prolific score. No doubt about it. Phil Jackson coached the Bulls that played with the New York Knicks and wanted the Bulls to be like those early Knicks teams. He burned sage and encouraged the team to close their eyes and meditate. Yeah, he was into that whole uh, Zen thing. Quote, that's way too out there for a country boy like me, Pippen writes, who had no interest in reading the books that Phil regularly gave as presents to the players. He does credit Jackson for coaching players as a team and not as separate individuals, but it still didn't help him escape Jordan's shadow. Now check this out, guys. This is crazy right here. Pippen notes that his naming to the all-star team in 1990 as one of the Eastern conferences, seven reserves rather than a starter made him look like he was an inferior player. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he was voted. Actually, actually, when you get to the reserves, you know, they don't go by the votes. The reason why he was not elected to be a starter in the 1990 All-Star Game for the Eastern Conference. You wonder who starter was, ladies and gentlemen? That would be one of the greatest players of all time, Larry Bird. And Larry Bird's 1989, 90 numbers, he was still a tremendous player. He played in 75 games. He averaged 24.3 points per game, nine and a half rebounds, 7.5 assists. Nobody in their right mind would vote for Scottie Pippen over Larry Bird for that team. However, I pulled up the voting for that. When it comes to the East, Larry Bird was uh, number one in the votes. Charles Barkley was two. Dominique Wilkins was three. At that time, 
All those players were better players than Scottie Pippen. All of them were. Now, Marco Goire uh, came in fourth and then Scottie Pippen. Okay. So Scottie Pippen losing out to Larry Bird for the starting job. I mean, really, Scottie? Really? I mean, Scottie Pippen in 1990, 89-90, I should say. He averaged, let me pull it up here. He averaged 17, actually not 17 because I need to look at 18, 16 and a half points per game. That's what he averaged right there. And when it comes to rebounds and assists, Scottie Pippen averaged 6.7 rebounds and 5.4 assists. Not even remotely close to being on the level of Larry Bird. This is just completely insane, guys. Completely insane. And I can go on and on in this video, but we're already almost 11 minutes in this video. And there's a lot more in here. Scottie Pippen is out of his mind. He's completely out of his mind. He is so jealous. Taking these shots at Michael Jordan, not offering condolences. Jealousy didn't make the all-star team as a starter in 1990 when it was clear that three forwards in the East were better players than him at the time. And that was his first all-star nod. I mean, the Scottie Pippen, I believe he just really, really wants to sell books. He really, really wants to sell a lot of books. I mean, he is throwing haymakers everywhere. Uh, he took shots at Charles Barkley. We know him and Charles never really got along. Of course, you know, he already took shots at Phil Jackson. I mean, he is really, really probably alienating the players that he actually played with and against in the 1990s. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's talk about the Marxist NBA of China and Kyrie Irving. Now, we know that Kyrie Irving has pretty much been blackballed by his team because he has refused to give the jab. Now, the NBA, PA, and the NBA, they came to an agreement that there would be no jab mandates for NBA players. However, the Brooklyn Nets seem to have violated that agreement and there seems to be no consequences for that. Now, we know that in the People's Republic of New York, in New York City, there is a jab mandate. And if you are a member of an NBA team, you must get the jab in order to enter the arena. Barclays Center in the case of the Nets. However, if you are a visiting player and you don't have the jab, you're welcome with open arms. This makes absolutely no sense. I've been pretty clear about that, ladies and gentlemen. But Kyrie Irving, he beats to the tune of his own drum. He does what he wants to do. He is against mandates. So are we on this channel. Now, Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Sy came out and said that, you know, he hopes that um that uh, Kyrie Irving comes back and getting a jab or somewhere along those lines. But Kyrie Irving's new Instagram post, it says it all. And it's just a picture. 
And it's actually a character from one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And I'm talking about the Matrix and Morpheus. Let's get into this. Has Kyrie Irving been red pilled? Now, in case you guys been living under a rock for the past 20 something years, red pill and blue pill in the Matrix, it means something. OK, now, if you take the blue pill, you're going to continue to live in this fantasy land that is not reality and you are being controlled by the machines. But if you take the red pill, you have a choice to go into the real world and live your own life, even though that life, you know, may not be as good as in the machine control world. It does kind of uh, make you think about all all the things that are going on right now with the mandates. But let's read this here. This time, Kyrie Irving seemingly said something about not being vaccinated without saying something, saying anything at all. Instead, the Brooklyn Nets star point guard merely posted a photo on Instagram. It was of Lawrence Fishburne wearing guard portraying Morpheus from the Matrix trilogy. As the New York Post relayed, Morpheus was a strong leader who eventually became a proponent of rationality. And in the Matrix, Morpheus is the one that awakens Thomas Anderson, a.k.a. Neo, from the dream world of the Matrix. He took the red pill and he was no longer controlled by the machines. Irvin, of course, has been held out of action by the Nets for refusing to get vaccinated. He is still eligible to play in half their games or at least the games outside of Brooklyn. But the Nets said that would be a no go. And word is Irvin does not intend to get the vaccine. So he's lost his job. He's losing about half of his salary. He's still going to get something like um, 15 million or 17 million dollars. But I believe he makes over 30 plus million. So he's losing oh, quite a bit of money. Kyrie Irving said this uh, last month, quote, it's not about the money, baby. Irving said on Instagram live last month, it's about choosing what's best for you. You think I really want to lose money? You think I really want to give up on my dream to go after a championship? You think I really just want to give up my job? You think I really just want to sit at home and not go after the things with my teammates that I've been able to grow with, to learn with? You think I want to give up my livelihood because of the mandate, because I don't have accommodations, because I'm unvaccinated? Come on. The Nets are reportedly moving forward as if Irving will miss the entire season. I truly do believe he's going to miss this whole entire season unless New York lifts their mandates. But I don't see that happening anytime soon, ladies and gentlemen. And the Nets, they're not looking too good right now. They really are not looking too good. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they are three and four. On the season, I could be wrong about that that record. I really could. I don't watch the Marshes NBA China. Okay, so I digress. Quote, I'm doing what's best for me. I know the consequences here. And if it means that I'm judged and demonized for that, that's just what it is. Irvin said, that's the role I play. But I never want to give up my passion, my love, my dream just over this mandate. And we've seen people out there um, in Barclays Center uh, a few weeks ago. They were outside protesting about the mandates. They don't like it whatsoever. But, you know, the people in the sports media 
are backing the mandates and trashing players like Kyrie Irving, mainly just Kyrie Irving. They are trashing him. You know, Stephen A. Smith uh, saying that he should be traded and that kind of thing. Ridiculous. Things haven't uh, gone all that spectacularly without him as they're off to a very average four and three start behind current stars Kevin Durant and James Harden. Okay, I thought they were three and four, but they are four and three. So that's my mistake. And this is the picture that uh, Kyrie Irving posted. Just a picture of Morpheus standing right there. Why would he post that? That particular picture right there. So this tells me, you know, he's definitely not taking the blue pill. Actually, think of it, guys. If Neo took the blue pill in the Matrix movies, there really would be no point in the movies. He took the red pill. When When he took the red pill... That opened up a trilogy of movies, and now you got a fourth movie uh, also coming as well. So I do believe Kyrie Irving, definitely Red Pill, but I believe he posted this for a reason, that he is sticking to his guns. He will not bend the knee to any of these people. He refuses to do that, and I 100% back him on this. He should be able to do what he wants to do with his own body. He should. But the Brooklyn Nets have taken a stand. They have been on the side of the machines, you know, to give a matrix analogy. They are connected by the by the servants in the back of the head. That they are all about the machines. Kyrie Irving. I believe he's taking a red pill and he is getting unhooked from the matrix. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, Kyrie Irving, I don't believe you're going to see him all season because I believe he's sticking by his guns. This was a clear message to the Nets, the NBA and politicians. You will not break me. I believe that is what he's saying. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrians for our black and white live. Well, this is a situation we have been following for months. The Deshaun Watson trade, uh, mainly between the Miami Dolphins, but the Panthers were involved for a bit. And when this all started out, people forget how many teams were actually involved. The Jets, the Niners were involved, the Denver Broncos, and then came all the allegations. Well, here we are. This is the NFL trade deadline. We're coming down to the wire, and Deshaun Watson is not going to be traded today. This just broke from Ian Rappaport from NFL. Now, the, at the hashtag Texans, won't trade Deshaun Watson by the trade deadline. Hashtag Dolphins owner Stephen Ross received permission to speak with Deshaun Watson but only last night. As complicated as the deal is, that wasn't enough time. Deshaun Watson 
not settling his legal situation has resulted in him not getting traded, source said. Watson will put uh Watson will stay put in Houston until the off season. So it's absolutely crazy. Uh, here is something that uh that did come out as well. Tua was not named among the trade capital plan to be spent on Watson. Reports indicate that the plan was has been for Tua to finish the season regardless of the Watson trade this whole time. Reports indicate it was 100% Flores. Brian Flores was fighting for Tua, stopping this trade. I don't know how much validity there is to that at all, that Brian Flores may have had a part in squashing this because he actually does believe in Tua Tonga-Vailoa. That is a shocking turn of events that I, I, I don't, he's been saying two is our quarterback two is our quarterback and maybe behind the scenes he feels like he can win with him okay now um there was a feeling in the last two days that deshaun watson's legal situation far as the civil lawsuits go might have been getting resolved because there was another report that came out that really threw a kink in all of this the Texans supposedly got wind of him possibly settling these civil lawsuits. And when they did, they raised the trade price on Deshaun Watson with the Dolphins. I think that's ludicrous for the Texans to have done. Considering all the issues surrounding him, you got a quarterback right now that is in a total mess. And if a team was willing to give you three number ones and two number twos for Deshaun Watson, I would have got him out the door, personally speaking, considering all the issues that he's had. And he really only had two destinations he wanted to originally go to, the Jets and the Dolphins. The Dolphins were very much in play. Uh, look, the Panthers were very interested, but Deshaun has a no-trade clause, and he would not waive it for the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. I said yesterday I thought the Panthers had better weapons than, than the Dolphins. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Yikes, man. That's kind of a, that's kind of a dirty offense with Deshaun Watson involved. That's provided Deshaun Watson could ever see the field. So... That's a wrap until the offseason on Deshaun Watson because the Texans think multiple teams will get involved with Deshaun in the offseason and there will be more clarity involving his legal situation. They're probably right. They're probably right. But it is kind of odd that they kept him considering the owner, Kyle McNair, wanted Deshaun the hell out of town. He wanted it wrapped up, over with, A ASAP, and Deshaun is staying. So there you got There you got it. There's all kinds of rumors going on out there. The red, the Reds, the Redskins, I always call them the Redskins, still will. The Washington football team may be getting another quarterback, and if they get this person, I'll do a video. I love it. I really do. 
I mean, I think the kid can still play, and I think his former team gave up on him too soon. There's certain guys, certain teams that may get a hold of this guy and make him a star. Ryan Tannehill, anybody. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Live fans, earlier today I put up a video on the main channel, Black and White Sports, about Titans running back Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, the leading rusher in the NFL and the best running back in the NFL, is out for the season now, and that has been com- pretty much been confirmed. He had foot surgery uh, today. He's expected to miss the rest of the season. Um, they're not exactly saying what exactly um, is the injury, uh, but I did hear report that it was actually a Jones fracture. So pretty serious. We won't see Derrick Henry for the rest of the year. However, the Tennessee Titans, they need a running back and they have signed a running back and they actually got an NFL legend on a contract. And that would be one 36 year old running back, Adrian Peterson. Now, Adrian Peterson has not been with a team this year. Uh, he was last seen with the Lions and Adrian Peterson, let's be honest, he's really old and uh, I don't know how effective he's actually going to be. They're not getting, you know, prime 2000 yard rushing uh, running back Adrian Peterson. But over here on the New York Post, Titans signed Adrian Peterson after devastating Derrick Henry injury. The Titans are replacing their all world running back with an all time great. Absolutely. The team announced they are signing running back Adrian Peterson, according to multiple sources, with Derrick Henry out indefinitely due to a foot injury that will require surgery. Peterson, 36, hasn't caught on with an NFL team this year after struggling in a stint with the Lions last year. A four-time All-Pro, Peterson ranks fifth all-time in career rushing yards and fourth in career rushing touchdowns. Since leaving the Vikings after the 2016 season, though, he's shown his age. In a combined 57 games with the Saints, Cardinals, Washington, and Lions since 2017, Peterson has averaged four yards per carry. Still, the AFC South leading Titans sits in two. Need to find some kind of feeling for Henry, who had established himself as an MVP candidate with 937 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns in eight games. Of 260 Titans plays categorized as rushing attempts this year, 217 have been Henry runs and 23 have been by quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Jerry McNichols, a 25-year-old former fifth-round pick, is next highest with seven rushing attempts and is primarily used as a pass catcher. Wow. It seems like E. Peterson will get a heavy workload in his absence. Heavy workload? I don't know about that. They're going to have to probably, you know, do running back by committee. I mean, Adrian Peterson, yes, he's a big name. He's an all-time great. But he is super duper old. And you can see that the Titans, man, they were just relying probably way too much on Derrick Henry and pretty much ran him into the ground. And now he's injured. 
So I don't expect them to play that type of game with uh, an old Adrian Peterson, but they needed a body. He's there. We'll have to see how he's actually going to be with the Titans. I'm not expecting too much from Adrian Peterson. I mean, this can actually probably be his last stop. I mean, no team was interested in him going into this season. None, zero, zilch. And now he got picked up by the Titans off the street. Um, I was a big Adrian Peterson fan. This guy was spectacular uh, during his prime. But man, his days are long past him. Long past him. I don't know how effective he's actually going to be on this team. But like I said before, the Titans, they do need bodies. So maybe he can um, uh, bring back the fountain of youth, you know, a few times this year. But they cannot run this man into the ground. He is way too old and he's not a great player anymore. He's not an every down back. I mean, they're going to really have to uh, have him split carries with another back. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white live fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Live. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports. Wow. I just shot a video talking about Raiders star wide receiver and former Alabama Crimson Tide star wide receiver, won a national title there, had been involved in a car wreck, a car accident that resulted in somebody's death. And no sooner than I got the video uploaded, the news broke that he was getting charged with a DUI that resulted in the death of the person involved. This is absolutely crazy. It's breaking news. Uh, the Raiders have had so much drama this year. The police in Las Vegas have confirmed Henry Ruggs has been involved in a car accident in the area. According to Metro Police, they responded to a crash earlier on Tuesday morning and have confirmed Ruggs was one of the drivers. According to the statement, Ruggs will be charged with a DUI resulting in death after at least one person was killed in the accident. Here is the full statement from Metro Police. Metro Police confirms Henry Ruggs was involved in a crash, says he stayed on the scene and had non-life-threatening injuries will be charged with a DUI resulting in death. Wow. On November 2nd, at approximately 3.39 a.m., the LVMPD responded to a traffic collision near the intersection of South Rainbow Boulevard and South Spring Valley Parkway involving a, a Chevrolet Corvette and a Toyota RAV4. Responding officers located the Toyota on fire. The fire department personnel responded, located a deceased victim inside the Toyota. The preliminary investigation indicates the front of the Chevrolet collided with the rear of the Toyota. The driver of the Chevrolet, identified as 22-year-old Henry Ruggs III, remained on the scene, showed signs of impairment. He was transported to UMC Hospital to be treated for non-life-threatening injuries. 
Ruggs will be charged with a DUI resulting in death. This is an ongoing investigation. As mentioned in the statement, Ruggs was taken to a local hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. He will continue to update this story as it becomes available. And guys, this is the original story I did the video on right here. And uh, here is the cars involved. Wow. Wow. And that one right there, as I described in the first video, I mean, this thing is burnt to a crisp. I get. To, I guess this was a uh, RAV4 at one time. That's unbelievable. Uh, I guess this is the vet, and there is no telling how fast he was going. No telling. At the time I did the video, literally, they said they don't believe any drugs or alcohol was involved. And then, I mean, literally 10 minutes later, boom, he had been charged uh, for the accident and charged for resulting of death. Now, um, we had something like this happen locally here. Now, I don't know about the laws in Nevada, but the laws in Texas, I can tell you they would go minimum vehicular manslaughter, which you can get anywhere from probation to 10 years in prison for. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this is the same thing. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, I've seen it. Uh, personally speaking, I knew somebody and was at the court that this had happened to. They were drunk, had killed somebody, and they had to go to trial. It was a very public trial, even here. It was on the local television stations. It was, uh, and this is obviously on a much larger scale. So we're going to keep you updated on this. We're going to watch it, see what happens. And uh, if anything else breaks involving this, wow, the Raiders, John Gruden, having a great season. AFC West leading five and two. And this happens. This happens. It's crazy. Tell me what you think. Black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road Trans for Black and White Live. Well, it's the trade deadline. But as of right now, there's no massive trade stories out there. Melvin Ingram got traded from the Steelers to the uh, to the uh, Chiefs, who could use all the defensive help in the world. But there is a much more serious story out there that just dropped about Raiders star wide receiver Henry Ruggs. Raiders star involved in a fatal car accident. Source says the NFLer is okay. Law enforcement source tells us at least one person in the crash has died. Ruggs attorney David Chesnoff tells TMZ Sports, quote, on behalf of our client, Henry Ruggs III, we're conducting our own investigation as of this writing and ask everybody reserve judgment until all facts are gathered. A source close to Ruggs tells us the NFLer is okay. The condition of the other people involved in the crash is still unclear. Raiders star wide receiver Henry Ruggs III, 12th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, was involved in a serious car accident in Las Vegas Tuesday morning. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ Sports, 22-year-old Ruggs was in a wreck in the central Las Vegas Valley area around 3.40 a.m. Jesus. 
Look at these two cars. God. That car looks like it has burned up. That car has burned up, exploded or something. Holy Jesus. No word on if cops believe alcohol or drugs played a factor in the accident. It's still unclear what Ruggs' condition is. There's a local report that says at least one fatality in the crash. Ruggs was a superstar for the Alabama Crimson Tide from 2017 to 2019, winning a national title. The Montgomery, Alabama native is having a breakout year for the Raiders with 24 receptions, 469 yards, and two touchdowns. Ruggs has previously spoken out about his inspiration to play football, saying it was a childhood friend who encouraged him to try out. The friend tragically passed away at 17 years old, and the receiver has honored him with a salute after every touchdown. We've reached out to Ruggs' camp and the Raiders for comment, so no word back. Okay, so the Raiders have not made any official comment on this uh, as of yet. But wow, wow, that's terrible. Did you see that car? That is absolutely crazy. Henry Ruggs kind of struggled a little bit last year. Uh, but this year he is he has kind of shown up. The Raiders look pretty good. They're five and two. They lead the AFC West. Of course, they just went through all that drama involving John Gruden and the leaked emails, and now this. Now this. Wow. Absolutely crazy. Uh, you would have to say he's probably their number two receiving threat, in my opinion, anyway, behind uh, Darren Waller, who's an absolute baller out there. He's a monster. Wow. And Derek Carr has had a great year. Man, we hope everybody is okay in this crash. We know one person is not okay, sadly. Odd. Odd. Nothing specific about the condition of Henry Ruggs, however. It says it's a, he's okay, but that's it. There's no specifics, nothing else, other than he's okay. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. This is crazy. If anything nuts comes out of this, we will make another video. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.